Welcome to the Cheyenne Vineyard Podcast, bringing you a message of hope for your everyday world. If you'd like to contact us, contact us at info at CheyenneVineyard.com. You can also find out more information about the Cheyenne Vineyard Church at CheyenneVineyard.com. Thank you and enjoy today's podcast. There was a change that took place in Moses when he encountered the glory of God. Uh, he, he probably was a, a pretty prideful young man growing up with all the privilege of Egypt. And he went through a period of breaking for 40 years in, in the wilderness. But when he encountered the glory of God, we see a Moses that was different. And that different Moses was, was the one who I've talked about recently, whenever anyone came against him, uh, he, he didn't care about himself. He, he cared about them. And uh, we, we need the glory of the Lord to come. You know, we're, uh, we, we've been looking at being a bride made ready. Uh, it's, it's the glory of God that's going to make the bride ready. And as, as we looked at Revelation chapter 1 and we, we see this different Jesus, different than the one presented in the Gospels, but it's the same Jesus, but it's a different side of Jesus. And the one we see in Revelation 1 is the one who's coming back. And, and he's, he's coming back and... And he's going to reward us according to what we do now when he comes. And, and the early church lived in, in that awareness. Things, things were not pleasant for them. Oftentimes they were very difficult. As we look at some of the letters to the seven churches, we, we see just how difficult sometimes but they they lived in that awareness that they were looking forward to a reality and and that that song that we just did this all that we see all that we live in now it, it is only a shadow uh, of what will be and and we we've, we've got to live in in that awareness and, you know, when, when Jesus returns, he's coming for a bride who has made herself ready. And when Rob was here last week, you know, he, he talked about how in Isaiah 55, God says, my ways are not your ways, and my thoughts are not your thoughts. They're, they're higher 
than your thoughts. And so one of the things that is to be happening to us now on the earth, if, if we are a bride who's making herself ready, is, is our thoughts are becoming more like his thoughts. And, and our ways are becoming more like his ways. And, you know, if, if that is not happening in, in, in your life, then, then uh, you've you got you to take a look uh, inside and, and say, Lord, what, what's the deal? <laughs> so I know Michelle shared at the women's brunch yesterday and uh, when I heard a little bit about what she shared um, yesterday I wasn't there obviously I was building a chicken coop <laughs> but I really felt like the Lord said that she needed to share some of what she shared yesterday with with all of us. So, Michelle. You know, I, I, I honestly believe that uh, Rob was sent by God last week to bring us that word. And I heard amongst many of you that th that was the right time word. Um, but we're accountable for what we hear and what we, what we know. And so we can't just say, oh, that was a great word, and not apply it to our life. And what I shared with the women last, uh, oh, yesterday was that uh, it's time for us to recognize the arguments. And uh, I'll be brief. <laughs> but, uh, you know, 2 Corinthians 10.4, Rob shared the scripture, for the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God for pulling down strongholds, casting down arguments, and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ and being ready to punish all disobedience when obedience is fulfilled. But I, that word argument really stuck out to me, and it's time for us to recognize the argument, what it, the argument against truth, the high thing that is become that stronghold. Now, a stronghold is an area that keeps us in bondage, it keeps us in prison because of a way of thinking, a certain way of thinking. And this is a word to the church, to, to us right now. It's time to turn. It's time to turn and go with God because many of us have been stuck in self-pity. Many of us have been stuck in bitterness, unforgiveness, and we're not turning because of a stronghold a certain way of thinking. And some of us, I'm including myself in this because God revealed it this week and some things manifested. And I realized I'm not recognizing the argument. I'm not recognizing, I'm justifying the hurt and the pain, the bitterness. I've been justifying it. And God says no more because it's, it's holding us back. And it's a part of the bride preparing herself. It's a part of us growing up into him in all things, as, as Ephesians tells us. We are to grow up. And if we don't yield to that growing up, 
it's going to be frustrating. It's going to be ugly. And you're going to be miserable because there's a, a group of people, there's a church that is growing up. And there's nothing worse than sitting back and watching, you know, that could have been me, regret. Uh, I, you know, but because of that stronghold in my mind, that way of thinking that has kept me in prison. And so yesterday we talked about starting to recognize it. And, and most of us know, if we just stop and think, there's a pattern in our life that, that has been going on for years, you know, and you start to recognize it. Come on, we're all adults in here. <laughs> like, oh, I'm feeling sorry for myself. But if you've been doing it for so long, you may not be recognizing it. But it's time to come to attention. And it's, it's time for us to, to say, ask God first, reveal to me the arguments. Let there be light, because light reveals, exposes. Let there be light, because I want to grow up. I don't want to stay here. And here we've been crying out. I know I have been crying out. God, I want more of you. I want your glory. I want to experience all that you have for me. He says, and, and you know, and he has. I've, experienced, I've had some wonderful experiences, especially at home on my floor. But he's not going to allow us to stay there. So he sends someone outside of our church to bring us a word. What are we going to do with the word? We're going to cast down those vain imaginations. We're going to cast down that, that, that argument that argues with the truth. I don't want to love my husband because he's acting like this. He doesn't deserve it. Or my children don't deserve that, you know. Or my wife, she's ugly. She's a man-hater, you know. I mean, there are women who are man, men-hater, and they're married. You know, but is it, what's it going to take? It's the cross, he said. It's the secret. And I'm just recapping, really, what Rob's, <laughs> Rob said. Um, but but, but it's, it's something that God is saying, this is it right now. This is where I've got you guys, and this has got to, we've got it. We can't move on until we start casting down these things. There's victory in that, and there's freedom. And, and then you put your ways, your, your desire to death. I'm putting, putting this to death because I'm going to take up my cross, and I'm going to deny myself. I'm going to put on Jesus. I'm going to put on love. Is it easy? No, it's not easy. But I, I promise you, once you start doing it, it's like, ooh, wow. This is, you, know, I'm, I feel, you start to feel light. You start to experience the freedom, and you don't want to go back to that old self. You don't want to go back to that stronghold that kept you in prison. And um, so I just uh, challenge each of you to ask the Father to reveal, the Holy Spirit to reveal to you that argument, the weight and the sin that does so easily besets you. That argument that, that, that really... It is a sin because him to know to do good and not do it, it becomes sin. It separates us from, from the fullness of God. And that's the key. The church is, we're, we're getting to the full, fullness is coming, and, but it's like we're, we're not there yet. We're growing up. So I ask the Holy Spirit to reveal to you, what is, what is my argument? What am I arguing? What is my argument concerning the truth that I've got to line up with? Um, because it will set you free. It will. God's word is true. He is truth. Jesus is truth. He's a person. Truth is a person. And it's fellowship with Jesus. And the Holy Spirit is so faithful to reveal truth to us. And, uh, and I'm just going to throw this in as well, that what we do here on earth is it's just training ground. 
let this sink in. This is training ground. What we're doing right now is all training us for the everlasting. I used to think that going to heaven was going to be sitting on a lawn chair and having angels fan you with big, you know, palm branches and eating grapes. I mean, no wonder some of my kids aren't even serving the Lord today because that's what I, I think I kind of portrayed heaven as that. That sucks. That's boring. You know, I mean, it was kind of cool for me, but, but what I'm saying is that there is so much more. We have a Miss Goddess reteaching us about a lot of things, and, and especially the everlasting. The everlasting is probably looks something like the Lord of the Rings, you think, Jay? I mean, I'm, you know, they're beasts in heaven. They're things, are we, we may even ride them. I don't know. But, but it's not just about going and seeing pearly gates. We are called to reign, rule and reign. And if we can't get this right here, the mind, putting on the helmet of salvation and using the sword of the spirit, we, uh, I just don't see how we can go on. You know, there's some, there's some, we are called to kings and priests in the earth to take dominion. This is training for reigning. Yeah, we're called to reign here, but it's, it's all about the training. So can I pray? Father, I ask that you would reveal by your spirit the arguments, the strongholds, those areas of bitterness, self-pity, rejection, lies, especially in marriage, just God. How many of us think about lying, all of the things that we, we, we think our husbands or our wives are thinking or behaving, why they're behaving this way, most of them are lies. God, I pray that you would expose those lies. Expose the arguments. Show each of us. You know us. Our, even the numbers of our head, on our head are numbered. You know us. So I said you'd expose the lie, expose the arguments that go against the truth so that we can go on to glory, from glory to glory. We don't want to get stuck here in the two. We want to go to the glory. So, Father, I just thank you that you're faithful to reveal, and we, we, just, we expect and we'll do our part. We have to do our part. We have to take responsibility, and today we choose to do that. We choose to stand against the wiles of the enemy. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thanks, Michelle. So, you know, the Lord has a, a job, a, a work on his hands to make us a bride made ready. And most of us, we... We don't really like to change. We oftentimes have to be confronted. We, we have, things have to be made difficult for us to see that we need to change. And we're, we're in a day when, when that's what the Lord is doing. 2013 was more difficult than 2012. 2014 is going to be more difficult than 2013. Uh, it's, it's as if the heat is being turned up a little bit at a time. 
And the Lord is, is saying, will, will you respond? How, how high do I have to turn up the flame to, to get my people to respond? You know, it, just as I was sitting there, I, I got a revelation from the Lord about when he was about to deliver the children of Israel from Egypt. And we know that things got more difficult for them. That they, they started to have to make the same amount of brick without being given the materials to make the brick. So they had to go scrounge up the materials and they still had to make the same amount of brick. And God was turning up the heat on his people. And there were two responses that his people had. Some of them fell on their faces and they cried out to God for deliverance. And some just got mad and hard. And, you know, the greatest thing that each one of us has a, a responsibility over in, in this life is, is your own heart. And so I, I plead with you that as the heat is turned up, that you take the first response and cry out to the Lord and, and let him help you in that work of being a bride made ready. And, and don't be one of those people who just gets mad and harder and harder. Because eventually there will be a breaking. And the harder you've become, the more painful it will be. So, um, that's, that's kind of the intro today. Uh, I, I didn't feel like the Lord wanted us to continue with Revelation 2 and 3 just yet. Uh, I get to have interaction with a lot of people, and I, I get insight into a lot of other people's interactions and I, I just, uh, I felt like we needed some instruction on love and relationship before we can even go on anymore in Revelation 2 and 3. Because as, as Paul uh, instructed 
the Corinthian church, a, a very immature church that had the full expression of, of the gifts of the Holy Spirit. And a, after he gave them instruction about the gifts of the Holy Spirit in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, he concludes the chapter by saying, and now I'm going to show you the most excellent way. Or, and now I show you a more excellent way than what you've been doing. Because the correction had come in chapter 11 and the instruction in chapter 12 about the gifts of the Holy Spirit. And then in chapter 13, he shows the more excellent way, the way of love. And, you know, I, I start the message today with, with a question uh, that, that we, we all answer most of the time unconsciously, when, whenever we're relating to people. And, and the question is, would I rather be right or in relationship? And, you know, this, this works for friends. It works for parents and children, it works for husband and wife, it works for siblings, it works for friends, it, it works for everybody. As, as the heat is turned up gradually, and it's been very gradually turning up the last few years, uh, stuff rises to the top. And impurities is what I'm talking about. Junk. I'm talking about stuff that you'd rather keep hidden down below. But it rises to the top. And when it rises to the top, people see it. They encounter it. It gets on them. And, and what do we do? When, when someone hollers at you, when someone disagrees with you in a painful way, when someone points out your faults in, in a way that is not nice, how do you respond? Do you say, well, I'm right and they're wrong? Therefore, I don't have to hear any of this, and I can just turn and walk away. That never was a real important relationship to me anyway. I really didn't get that much out of it. You're really better off now. Uh, I don't know what that is, but it is not the church. I, I don't know what that is, but it's not the church. Because we, we need to learn 
to relate to one another in love. And sometimes when a person is feeling the heat and, and we have an interaction with them and it is painful to us, what, what are we going to do with that? Are we going to analyze it and decide, you know, this, well, they, that was like 98% wrong. So I don't even really have to listen to that, receive it, whatever. Or do we learn to take that and the person to the Lord and, and bear yourself before the Lord and say, Lord, what, what is going on? What, what is this? It's, it's painful. It's not fun. But you're doing something, I know. And, and I, I want to enter into voluntarily with a heart open to what you're doing. And he will do something. In a heart that's like that. And he will heal a relationship. And that relationship will be stronger from that day forward. Because when we're willing to voluntarily walk through the pain of right relationship with someone, there, there is a fellowship, a bond of community that is built that that only the lord can do and i've said this many times in in the days ahead we're we're going to need community at a level that is deeper than what we now know and i'm telling you this is the way This, this is the way. It's getting to deeper community is not going to happen without pain. But our love for one another has got to be much 
stronger and deeper than our desire to be right. Because to, to be right and break relationship under the guise of, of that is the way of the world. And God says, my ways are higher than the ways of the world. My thoughts are higher than the way of thinking of the world. And if you will begin to enter into the way that I think about you and about everybody else in your life, then you will begin to enter into my ways toward you and toward them. And you will begin to see heavenly results. And, and that is what we need. It, it is what we want. We, we need and, and we want heavenly fruit in our relationships. So, <clears throat> this is what the disciple closest to the Lord probably had to say about love. In 1 John chapter 4, beginning in verse 7. And he is speaking to the church. And he says, Beloved, let us love one another. For love is from God, and everyone who loves is born of God and knows God. And, and this, um, this love that, that he's talking about is, is agape love. It's, it's love that is rooted in, in the will. It's, it's not love that is rooted in shared interests or pursuits. It's not love that is rooted in emotions because those, those, those are low-level love. This, this love that he's talking about, this love that is from God and those who love this way can only do it because they encountered it in God and from God. It is to find joy in. And I, I, I love this. 
part of the definition. This kind of love is not shown through doing what the loved person desires, but what is needed by them. (laughs) And if you have followed the Lord seriously for any length of time, you're very familiar with that definition. And let me give that to you one more time because you, you need this. This agape love, it is not shown to people through doing what they want, what they desire. But it is shown to them by giving them what they need. Have you encountered that love of God? That, that was not really what you wanted. But looking back, you can see that it really was what you needed. That is the love of God. And so the, the love that, that we are to have in, in the church, it is not about being nice to people. It's not. That is low level love. That is the way the world thinks. We've got to love each other more than that. Because if if all we will do in our relationships is is give people what they want, it's it's always just a, a quid pro quo. It's, okay, I'll give you what you want, but you gotta give me what I want. And then, and then we got this, this nice, horrible, symbiotic, whatever, yeah, phony thing going on. That's the way the world thinks. Because that, that stuff, that's rooted in selfishness and pride. I'm telling you. Because... The only reason people do that is to get what they want. So if I give you what you want, then I'm pretty sure you're going to give me what I want. So let's get beyond that, shall we? And I'm not saying not to be nice to people, okay? I'm... I'm I'm not giving you license for that, okay? But this this love that John's talking about in 1 John chapter 4, it it's it is way more than that. So let's let's go on cuz he he's got a lot more to say. The one who does not love 
does not know God, for God is love. And, you know, if, if we are going to learn to love in, in the way that God loves, we, we have got to encounter that love. And one of the best ways to en- encounter that love was the, the illustration that I, I was showing you earlier that, God, here I am. I'm, I'm not hiding anything from you because that it really isn't even possible anyway. But I just want to come and be with you and be in your presence and I, I want to encounter your love more. Do that. Because that's what we need. If, if we're not doing that on a somewhat regular basis and... I would say we need to do it on a very regular basis. We're, we're going to be like a car without an alternator. And some of you are looking at me funny. What does an alternator do? <laughs> well, a car has a battery that's required to start it and to run. And the alternator is what charges the battery as the car is running. If the alternator doesn't work, how long does the car last? Well, not very long. <laughs> the battery's going to go dead, and even if you jump it, it's not going to go anywhere. It's got to be charged. <laughs> So if, if we're going to love, we, we've got to be encountering love. And, and we can encounter love from one another. Uh, and and that's, that's a great thing. And, and it does help to charge our love battery. But... If, if we're going to continue to give love, then we've got to continue to encounter the love of God because that just is, is the way it was designed to work. Just like a car was designed to have an alternator that works to keep it charged up. Because if, if we don't do that, then, then we can end up in this default position of religious living that, that will drain the life out of us and out of everybody else that we encounter. And then everything is about being right. Right. And that relationship stuff just is kind of left in the dust. That's why it was the most religious people who killed Jesus. 
who actually thought they were doing the right thing. And Tasha went to a, a conference just um, a week or so ago uh, that was a Jesus Culture Conference out in California. And there were Christian protesters at this thing who I'm pretty sure thought they were doing the right thing. But how messed up is that? For, for people who identify themselves with Jesus to go and protest against thousands of young people who are worshiping Jesus because they happen to believe a little bit differently about the Holy Spirit. That's wacky. I mean, don't don't be surprised, okay? As the bride makes herself ready. Don't be surprised if the greatest enemy of the bride is people who call themselves Christians. But they have had the wrong response to the difficulty. Remember the children of Israel. Some got more dependent on God and cried out to him more as their slavery situation got worse and worse. And some got harder and harder and more angry. And that leads to the next step, even more religious. So don't be surprised. And, and, and I, I say that fearfully. Because we, we got to pray for those people. I, I got to get back to John. <clears throat> By this, verse 9, the love of God was manifested in us that God has sent his only begotten Son into the world that we might live through him. I got to keep going. <laughs> In this is love, not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the propitiation for our sins.
the payment in place. Beloved, if God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. No one has beheld God at any time. If we love one another, God abides in us, and his love is perfected in us, or completed in us, made complete. By this we know that we abide in him and he in us because he has given us of his spirit. And we beheld and bear witness that the Father has sent the Son to be the Savior of the world. Whoever confesses that Jesus is the Son of God, God abides in him and he in God. And we have come to know and have believed the love which God has for us. God is love, and the one who abides in love abides in God, and God abides in him. And this is where I'm headed. <clears throat> By this, love is perfected with us, or made complete with us, that we may have confidence in the day of judgment, because as he is, so also are we in this world. There is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear, because fear involves punishment. And the one who fears is not perfected in love. Now we could spend a couple weeks on those last two verses alone. But I, I want to say just a few things about that. Verse 17, by, by this love is perfected with us. That we may have confidence in the day of judgment because as he is so also are we in this world and you know this obviously this statement is somewhat of an overstatement but it's only partially an overstatement. Because as he is, so are we in this world. We, Jesus is in his glorified eternal body already in heaven. That's how he is. And, and we are not like that yet. But, this goes back to some of what I was saying. As we begin to think like God, as, as our, and you know, I just give a little reminder of what I had at the end of Rob's message last week if if your thinking my thinking is is not 
on par with God's? He's not the one who has to change. It's, it's not his thinking that must become lower. It's, it's ours that must go higher. So as, as we voluntarily enter into that process of allowing the Lord through this process that Michelle was talking about in the beginning, as we voluntarily allow the Holy Spirit to reveal the arguments because we do argue. Our, our soul argues in favor of our current thinking and current behaving. And it's the revelation of the Holy Spirit that allows us to see that arguing. And, and I pray for more of that revelation for all of us. But it's, it's as our thinking, our mind is renewed and our thinking becomes more heavenly that then our behaving follows because as a man thinks, so is he, so, so does he live. That's the extent to which as he is, so are we in this world. It's, it's up to us how far that goes. It, it can go further than it now is. And for us to be a bride made ready, it must go further. So we, we must embrace this process that Michelle was talking about and that Rob was talking about. And, and we must say yes. And we must open ourselves to the Father and, and, and let Him, let the Holy Spirit reveal to us so that we can become more like Jesus right now as we live in the world. And, and there, there is no fear in his love because his perfect love casts out fear because fear involves punishment and the one who fears is not perfected in love. What are we afraid of? What, what are we afraid of? Are, are we afraid that God is, is going to somehow change us so much that we won't know who we are? Are, are we afraid that we, we go through all this pain and then he's just going to jerk the rug out from under us? Sometimes 
we, we need to follow a train of thought that we're on to the station and get to the root of it. Now, sometimes we just need to get rid of it immediately. But when we're trying to get to those arguments, we, we got to see what the root of it is. It's some kind of fear. And again, go, go to the, the God tanning booth <laughs> where you, you bear yourself spiritually to him and, and let him burn that stuff away. Let, let him reveal his, his full goodness to you so that those fears can, can just fall off. Uh, like, like this story that Rob told last Saturday about this, this guy who had diabetes and he had sores all over his legs and uh, they, they prayed for him for healing and his legs were in such rough shape that he would wrap them up every day and then he'd unwrap them at night uh, so they could breathe a little bit. And you know, one night he's taken the, the bandages off and, and he, he couldn't hardly see either and that wasn't healed. But he took the bandages off and he heard what sounded like coins falling on the floor. Or something, and he he didn't know what it was. He just went to bed. But he wake wakes up in the morning, and he he goes to put his bandages on, and it's all brand new skin on his legs. the The scabs had just fallen off because the the skin that they were attached to was replaced. And that's what he had heard the night before. And so I, I think a lot of our fear about God has to do with misunderstanding love. And that, that's why I, I really want you to get that definition of agape love. It, it's not... His love for us is, is not about giving us what we want. He loves us more than that. His love for us is about giving us what we need to get us where he wants us to be. Because if all he ever gave us was what we wanted, we would all just, like Peter, we'd make a tent right where we are and we'd just go to sleep and just be happy we would think for the rest of our lives, but in eternity we would suffer for it. Instead, he, he wants to give us opportunities now to invest in our eternal retirement. Because 
the place that we will have in in the kingdom of God that, that is to come is, is going to be determined by our faithfulness here. There, there's no question about that. If, if you have question about that, read Revelation 2 and 3 again and Revelation 19 and then come talk to me. But that that is the way it is. And so... God, in his great love for us, wants to give us opportunities to become more like Jesus and to to get to a higher place for eternity. And the reality of that is it looks like a lower place now. Because you, you remember what Jesus said. If, if you want to be great, then serve. And if you, now if you really want to be great, if you want to be the greatest, then be the slave of everybody. I don't know about you, but I, I see the day of the Lord approaching. I don't think we have that much more time to invest in our eternal future. So we, we better cooperate with what God's doing for the time that we have left. Because it's, it's really about meekness. And I, I was talking to Chris about meekness this week. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. Meekness is not a trait of our old nature. It requires strength, the greatest strength to overcome the desires of our flesh. To, to be meek is to abandon self-protection in all of its forms. See, that's where a lot of those arguments are formed. It's to protect ourselves. So we argue against God. But I can't do that. Do you know what happened to me the last time I did that? They... Just do it. And I'm not saying it's going to be easy or painless. I mean, look at where meekness got Jesus. It got him on a cross. Voluntarily 
he said, no one can take my life. No. Nobody on earth had that much power. But I, I give my life voluntarily. That was the ultimate display of meekness. He, he had no self-protection mechanisms. None. That is why he's the only one who could say, and the devil has nothing in me. He'd never agreed with any of the enemy's lies saying, well, if you do this, then they won't do this to you. As he saw through every one of them immediately. Meekness is not natural quietness, niceness, or easygoingness? No. Meekness is strength of heart to do what God said, no matter what it looks like. even if it takes some of us to our death, which it may very well. That is meekness. And a meek heart has an easy time walking in love. Because a meek heart cares about the relationship more than being right. Being right (laughs) isn't even a consideration. It's because this is happening, what, what does this person really need? And I will give that person what they need because I am for them, because I I love them. And I want to see them in the highest place possible in the future kingdom. So, 
How do I draw this to a close? Um, I'm not sure, so I better pray. I just, uh, I'm going to pray and I'm going to invite you to pray um, with me. What's, what's on your heart? Father, I trust you. I, I believe that you are all good and you only have love for me. Father, I repent for not walking in agape love in times when, when I should have. I confess that I have sometimes operated in self-protection rather than meekness. Father, I choose your ways. Raise my thinking to the level of your truth. Expose the roots of my arguments. And deliver me from the influence of the evil one. May it be more and more true of me that as Jesus is, so am I in this world. Because the world needs more of him and less of me. Lord, I, I bless these people with more discernment of their own thinking. I bless them with more revelation of your truth and hearts to respond. I bless them with hearts to seek you and get in the God tanning bed, bearing our souls and our spirit before you and getting filled up with your love. Thank you that you are completely for us. In Jesus' name, for his glory. Amen.
Hmm. Does that feel better? <laughs> it ought to. There was some serious things falling on the floor during that prayer. Yeah. So we will have the ministry team up here. And uh, if you need prayer, if you need a word of encouragement, uh, come and receive some ministry today. And let's go and live with eternity right here. Because we're going somewhere. And it's going to be way better than this. <laughs> and this isn't really bad. So imagine. <laughs> Amen.